Dear Lord, thank you so much for bringing us all together under your name, Lord. You are good. You are worthy, Lord. You are worthy, and you are thrice holy. Holy, 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 Lord, is the Lord God Almighty. Lord, uh, today I humbly come before you and just I pray that you allow your words to speak. Let it not be mine, but it's your word, Lord. And let let your people, let, let people just hear your word, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, church. Do you know what your purpose is? Do you know why you're here? Some of you are like, free coffee. No, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But seriously, do you, do you know your purpose? A long time ago, a while before Jesus saved me, a wretch like me, yes, <laughs> I was visiting a friend of mine in his hometown, a, a small town in, uh, in Ohio, and uh, we were in college together. We had sort of a break at the end of the semester, and as any break for any college kid goes, you're allowed to pretty much do whatever you want. So I had free reign to go home or uh, stay at school a bit and do, unfortunately, what most college kids do. At this time, I was way, I was so poor, I, I could not do anything on my own. I, I had no money at all. See, see, that year at university, it was my first year, and uh, I very quickly ran out of all of my money. Um, so most of the time, I had to hang around or befriend people who would give me things. Talk about a lowly feeling. So my friend decided, hey, hey, just... Just come to my hometown with me. Just please, just come to my hometown. You'll you'll get whatever you want. Like we'll we'll give you whatever you want. And here I was like, that's not a bad idea. Like, that sounds great. That sounds wonderful. Oh, let's go. At that time, I was so hooked on drugs and alcohol that uh, I didn't really care where I went. Or who I befriended as long as I got what I wanted. As long as I got something to fill that hole up inside me. Well, the first day we were there, it was interesting. Uh, we did as much as he said we would do and more. I came from a situation of always trying to hide and uh, not let anything be seen. Sorry, Mom. <laughs> and uh, But his parents let us do anything we wanted as long as we were safe. And in a small town where the police presence wasn't as big as the college town I came from, and in that college town, if you don't know, pretty much the police there are just looking for the next idiot to pick off, Right? For me, that meant no more ducking around and trying to avoid the law. That meant free reign. Well, with that freedom, where I was finally able to do as much as I wanted, where I wanted, when I wanted. I remember sometimes during the night thinking, is this it? Is this it? It wasn't enough. I don't, I don't know what it was. 
I, I don't know what it was. I just couldn't get enough to satisfy me. I just wanted more. And even still, there wasn't enough. No matter how much I had, how much freedom I had to do it, it still wouldn't do it for me. I still woke up the next morning with the same self-loathing, the same despair after mooching off people and knowing I used and abandoned a list of others behind me and ruined people and friendships to get my fix that didn't actually fix anything. I would still wake up miserable and empty. Well, also that morning, I kind of found out where the line was with my friend's parents. So they had a line of safety here, right? So my friend, he, uh, in his stupor, he was holding a pizza box and walking towards the front door. He tripped over the rug on the front door, fell through the glass storm door to the steps down below on the sidewalk. Yeah, we crossed the line. As I say, with myself and a lot of people I hung around with, only the grace of God was there and made sure that he did nothing worse happened to him. He didn't have really any cuts or anything. I've heard of people cutting really bad arteries, main arteries from doing that. And he, woke, he got up with nothing. But anyways, we stepped over the line and uh, the next day we weren't allowed to do as much. They're like, no. And we had to lay low. And that, that was something I couldn't exactly live with, see. I had traveled all this way to get something I couldn't get anymore. And now it felt like a waste. Even though my friend's family and his friends generously gave me anything I wanted. Generous people. Immediately, when I was cut off, I resented them. That's because I was always after this fix. Always looking for the next thing. What's next? What's next? What's next? Over here, over there, always back to the starting point. When I had it all, I wasn't fully satisfied and was looking for what's next. And when I didn't have it, I was angry, anxious, depressed, and self-loathing. My life was always about the next thing, but it didn't actually have any purpose. It was a worthless circle. Do you know what your purpose is? For myself and others who put themselves through things like this, it's not entirely a, a complicated situation, really. Deep down, quite simply, we yearn for our hearts to be filled. We cry out for something more as we take ourselves down. We're on a quest for a love that can fill all the dark places. We're desperate. I mean, think about it. Why does culture put so much emphasis on romantic relationships? If only you had the right person in your life, it would make you complete. If only you had enough money, you would be happy. If only you grew your company to this size, that would be good enough. You would be good enough. If only you had enough fame. If only you had a bigger budget. And for some churches in this nation, if we grew our church to this size, with this amount of people, we would be happy. 
Brothers and sisters, it took me a lot more falling and failing to understand that it's all worthless. My way was not the right way. My wants were not the right wants. I knew there had to be something more out there. There had to be something better. But it was not the life I lived. And for some of you who are visiting today or tuning in for the first time, that's partly why you're here, isn't it? There has to be something better. And I'm here to tell you, there is something better. There is hope. So you, you see, amidst all of your desperation, all of your searching for the truth, all of your wanting to be made whole, someone has been knocking on your door. They've been desperately seeking you. They want you to come to them so that they can make you new and complete and loved and take away all of the pain and the darkness and all of the guilt and strife so that you will never have to be alone again. And that person knocking on your door, chasing you down, is Jesus. God has been eagerly waiting for you. God has a purpose for you. Let's open his word and see what he says about your purpose. What he says about your purpose. If you would turn in your Bibles for me to Matthew 28, Matthew chapter 28, verse 16 to 20, please. Matthew is the first book of the New Testament, if you don't know. And that's cool if you don't. I love that you don't. I'm glad you're here. And if you don't have a Bible, that's okay. I'm going to walk us through us through this. Let me get there myself. All right, Matthew 28, verse 16 through 20. Once again, all right. At this time of our passage, it is the very, very end of the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus has just died on the cross as a sacrifice for our sin. Amen. And he has risen to defeat death for all who, who believe. Can I get another amen? The tomb is empty and he is showing himself to all of the disciples who are amazed and astounded. Hallelujah, he is risen. So now we come to what's known as the Great Commission. In Matthew twenty-eight sixteen through 20. Jesus is now speaking with his disciples for the last time before he ascends to heaven. And by the way, he's coming back. Let's read this passage starting in verse 16. I have the NIV 1984. There you go, John. All right. Then the eleven disciples went to, Gal- went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded to you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Well, that's a lot to unpack. (laughs) It's beautiful, 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 and a lot to unpack. More than I am going to cover. So first off, before we get into it, mainly, 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 mainly here, what is Jesus telling his disciples to do? 
Go and make disciples, right? He's telling them to go and make disciples. All right? Are you a disciple of Jesus? So what is Jesus telling you to do? Go and make disciples. But the question is, what is a disciple? The question is, what is going and making disciples like? What does that look like? Well, that's what we're going to get into today. We're going to get into that today. What is a disciple? How do you go and make one? According to Jesus. Okay. All right. So I'll read it again. I'll read 17 and 18 and pay attention to this part. Remember, it says, When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. When they saw Jesus, what did they do? They worshipped him, but some doubted. All right? But they worshipped him. And what does Jesus say? All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. First off, Jesus wants you to know him. We cannot go and make disciples if we are not in a loving relationship with him. We cannot go and make disciples if we do not recognize his authority in our lives. We cannot go make disciples for his purpose if we do not know him as our Savior risen from the dead. Then who are we making disciples for? Jesus. Why? Because he has all authority in heaven and on earth. Look at what the disciples did in 17. They, knowing he was risen from the dead, seeing him again, worshipped him. What people often overlook with that verse when it says, go and make disciples of all the nations, what they often overlook is that first part. They often overlook the fact that going and making disciples comes from a worshipful heart. It comes from worship. When you know Jesus and he has set you free, from your darkness and brought you into the light and then you worship him because he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life, then you will want to go worship him in his powerful authority over death by going and making disciples, by going and sharing the truth that Jesus is Lord. So if you haven't gone to make disciples, turn to Jesus in faith and connect to him. He wants you to know him. John 1, 4 through 5. If you aren't free, turn to Jesus as well because he is life. John 1, verse 4 through 5 says about Jesus that in him was life and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. John eight twelve. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. John 14, 6, I am the way and the truth and the life, Jesus says. No one comes to the Father except through me. Romans 10, 13. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And in 8, John eight thirty six. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. That is the truth. He is the truth. Freedom from darkness life 
We are all saved by grace alone through Christ alone, and He assures you of your freedom when you call. Do you want freedom? It's through Jesus. Repent of your sin and your ways and turn to Jesus for life and you will be born again, put into a new family and you will have a new purpose. A glorious, fulfilling purpose. Not a vicious circle anymore. Not a worthless, vicious circle that goes nowhere, but a new path. His path. A path of love and a path of life. 1 Peter 2.9, I read it earlier. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Declare his praises to the world. There is no greater calling. There is no greater purpose than declaring his purpose. No greater purpose than worshiping God in his glory. How long is it going to take you for you to say that your ways are wrong? How long are you going to slide downhill before reaching out to the hand that has always been there, waiting to pull your limp, lifeless body up to life? When will you realize you need help? How long is it going to take you to acknowledge your life with you on the throne? Your life with you on the throne is not working. And your sin, your rebelliousness is the way of what you truly, deep down, desperately crave and need. A relationship with God. There is hope. First John 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. All you have to do is forsake your sin in faith and turn to Jesus and you will be free. And if he sets you free, you are free indeed. And you will continue on in a process of continually rejecting sin and turning to Christ because of how good he is and how his love has changed you to love him. And sure, you struggle. And that may become difficult, but it will bring you closer and you will see how richly his love fills you and pours through you as he liberates you from the sting of death and gives you what you desperately want at the core of your being, a relationship with God. And it is all in the name of Jesus alone. We are saved by grace through faith, which is a gift, not by work so that no one may boast. So if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. Praise God. But on the other hand, but on the other hand, John 3.20 says, Everyone who does evil hates the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. Everyone, once again, that was everyone who does evil hates the light for fear that their evils, evil deeds will be de- exposed. Will you choose your darkness that deep down you know is not getting it done? Or will you choose Jesus, the light of life? Will you give it up and give it to Jesus? Fall at his feet for mercy and love to fill you? Or will you choose to keep going on with the same old, same old, knowing that it's not good enough for you deep down? He knows it's not good enough for you. There is a more excellent way. There is something better. 
It is Jesus. The disciples knew Jesus, and so they were called on to the mountain to meet with him and then go with the good news of Jesus, our Savior. In verse 17, they worshipped him, you see there. But what's that next phrase? It says, but some doubted. Some doubted, but he still sent them forth. He still commanded them to go. That's interesting. We see in Acts 1.8, which is the same exact conversation just from the perspective of Luke. Jesus says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses. Church, when you are saved by Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you are empowered to be his witness. He is already there. Ask for more of him. Ask for more of the Holy Spirit. Desperately seek his love and his help and his empowerment. If the sin of silence is something you are guilty of, and I have been guilty of it, that's for sure. And you are empty and low and burdened. Desperately seek after him. Ask for more of him. Acknowledge that you can't do it. Acknowledge that you have failed. Seek after him. Today, I wish to encourage you. For those who don't know him or those that do and feel burdened and need him, call out to him. He is there waiting with outstretched arms. He says in Matthew 7, verse 7 through 8, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. For whoever or everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. If you are desperate and hungry, seek him. You will find him. If you are desperate and hungry, seek him and you will find him. Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen. God says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with your whole heart. Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He wants you to come to Him. And He wants to purify you of all your sin. Acknowledge your sin. Deny yourself. Give all your burdens to Jesus. Church, I know we're scared to talk to people about Jesus. I know. I already know that. Because I have been there. And I have been scared. I'm still scared. I know we don't want to do it. We don't. We want to stay in our comfortability. We do. But God has called you. He has called us to a better purpose. Matthew 16, 24 through 26. Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would, anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his own soul? Jesus promises there will be suffering. But he, almost promised, he always, but he also promises the most glorious, the most joyousness of a, the most glorious life, the most joyousness of a community and relationship with him. Ten of the eleven people 
on top of the mountain with him when he gave the great commission, died brutal, horrible deaths. And all of them suffered greatly, but they all willingly did it because they loved Jesus and they knew he was the truth and he was the life. And there was, he, was, he had all authority and he was beyond themselves. The one who has authority in your life is commanding you to go in faith. Verse 20, I'm going to skip to verse 20. It says, And surely I am with you always, even until the end of the age. He is with you. That is the promise. Disciples of Jesus, you are in need, and you want Jesus just like I do. And if you are, then go make disciples. If you are in need of Jesus, go make disciples. If you are craving him, go make disciples, for he is with you. Yesterday when we went to the Celtic Festival, man, it was hard. It was a lot of people. A lot of people, some people are angry at God. And I felt burdened after we left. I felt burdened because there was so much against us. But I remembered this verse. And surely I am with you always. Until the end of the age. Even until the end of the age. And I felt him with me. If you want to feel him with you, if you want him to be with you, go make disciples. Verse 19, let's get us back into here. Verse 19 gets us into the meat of what it means to make disciples and who a disciple is. First, it says in verse 19, go and make disciples of all the nations. Okay? Go and make disciples of all the nations. Is the United States one of all the nations? Is Wyoming in that? Is Evanston in that? Is your home in that? Start in your home and work outward as the Holy Spirit leads you. You may skip Evanston and go across seas, but you will never skip making disciples in your home. Okay. Well, we'll look at exactly... A so it says, go and make disciples of all nations. And we'll look exactly what a disciple is in a moment, but we know part of living with Christ is going and proclaiming the freedom from darkness and being brought into the light because of him. We know that's part of going and making disciples. So go out and share with people what Jesus has done for you. It's one thing. Go out and share what Jesus has done for you. Right? Even if you've been a Christian your whole life and you don't have a story, because I've heard this so many times, I don't have a story. I've been a Christian my whole life. I don't have a story. You still suffer. How has Jesus pulled you through it? How has Jesus pulled you through it? What, what kind of life have you had because of Jesus? And share that with people. Proclaim him, for he is good. So, go out and share with people what Jesus has done for you. Proclaim the gospel. What is the gospel? It's the good news. Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And it's simple. We deserve death. It anger, our sin angers a thrice holy God. 
but he desperately chases after the rebels. And if you're here saying, I haven't, you know, that's not a big deal. I haven't sinned. How many times have you lied in your life? How many things have you stolen? Jesus said, if you lust after a woman in your heart, it's adultery. Jesus said, if you hate somebody in your heart, it's murder. If you take the Lord, name of the Lord in vain, it's blasphemy. Very serious. If you've done all those things, you're a sinner, just like me. And it's simple. It angers the thrice holy God, but he desperately chases after the rebels and freely gives all who would accept Jesus alone as the sacrifice for what we deserve and who took our due place in the grave. If you would accept that, if you would accept him as your sacrifice, it's eternal life in him. Not just a life in the future, that as well, that is a promise, but a life of light right now in the name of Jesus. He conquered the grave, and he will conquer the grave in you. Let's make disciples of all the nations. Let's proclaim the good news of Jesus to all because he is good and he is worthy. Okay, in verse 19, it says, Go and make disciples of all the nations. And we got this next part here. It says, Baptizing and baptizing in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. By the way, that's one name. It's all equal. If he left one of those out, might think that one was unequal from the other but he didn't he included all three they're all equal and they're all one name god is three and one and jesus declares it right there you might run into people who say oh he never says it that's right there (laughs) okay back to that as a church baptism okay as a church we should be baptizing him and if you don't know about baptism okay it's not a requirement to be saved Because remember, we are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone. And whosoever should try to justify themselves by works has fallen from grace. They have alienated themselves from Christ. Christ has become no use to you. So baptism comes from a Jewish tradition. And for a first century Christian, just after Jesus' time and in Jesus' time, baptism itself was an act of repentance. Baptism, when you said to go and be baptized, right? It's an act of saying, go and repent and choose faith in God. And back in the first century, that's what it looked like. It looks a little different for us. Nowadays, when we, when, when we say ba- be baptized, you know, we're, we're talking about, hey, uh, come on in, right? If you, ha- you know, it's for people who have repented and declared Jesus as Lord. And the act itself is proclaiming that they have done that. It's a little different nowadays than it was then. But we still should do it, right? But it is not a requirement to be saved. Justification in Christ alone, through faith alone. So today, it's performed, right? But regardless of this, what does this tell us about our ministry as disciple makers? It tells us that we need to minister to the unsaved, to the people who aren't here yet. Okay? You cannot be baptized unless you are ready to repent and be saved or have repented and been saved. And both are preceded. Both of those are preceded by faith in Christ. So therefore, a disciple is someone who knows Christ. That's the one thing. A disciple is, there's three things. The first thing is a disciple is someone who knows Christ. And I'm not talking about knowledge in the sense of I know who Babe Ruth is. Right, yeah, I must know. I know who Babe Ruth is, but I don't know him. All right, I don't know him. 
Matthew seven twenty two to twenty three says about the judgment day. On that day, many many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Knowing who Jesus is is different from knowing him as your Savior. If Jesus is your Savior and you have faith in him, then you know him. So go make disciples by pointing them to Jesus so that they may know him too. Next we have verse 20. The, the first part says, and teaching them. So go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. When you teach someone, what are they doing? They're learning. And when they're learning, they are growing. So the second component of the standard of a disciple is a disciple someone who knows Christ and is growing in Christ. Who knows Christ and grows in Christ. So, what commands are we to teach them? What commands does he want us to teach people to obey? Well, let's look at the greatest commandment. Matthew twenty two thirty six through 40. And then the new commandment, John fifteen twelve. The greatest commandment, a man asks, he says, Jesus, or he says, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on those two commands. All the law and the prophets hang on those two commandments. And then we have the new commandment. John fifteen twelve. Jesus is speaking to the disciples saying, My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. From these two passages, we're given three relational areas inside of growing in Christ. One, up our relationship to God. Love God. Two, love those inside of the church, your brothers and sisters inside of the church. That's in. Three, love those outside of the church, your neighbors. Three relational areas. You can't love, but here's the thing, guys. You can't love the Lord your God unless he loves you first. And when you desperately seek him in his love, forsaking all else, you will find him, and he will love on you. And because of that, you will want to love and worship him. And you will also want to love and worship him by going and loving and serving others in his name. He will change you to do that. He will do that in you. God is going to draw you in faith to connect to him so that he grows you to love him, to love the church, which is a people, and to love those outside of the church. But it all starts with God. It all starts with Jesus. It all starts with that. He is going to draw you to connect to him in faith so that he grows you by reading his word, by having, excuse me, by, by reading his word, by, by having relationships with those inside the church, and having accountability groups and small groups and those sorts of things where we can meet together and fellowship. That word is koinonia. Koinonia, me, koinonia is a Greek word. It means connecting together based on one common purpose, based on one thing. We're connecting together through God, through Christ. And he will also, he will also lead you in faith and draw you 
to serve in the church, to serve others in the church. And when we do those things, we're actually connecting to him while we do that, while we love each other. And then he's going to draw you to get to serve people outside of the church and share his good name and his praises with him. That's what he's going to share with you. That's what he's going to have you do. He's going to draw you in faith. And the last thing we see here, and for the third part, we have no grow. And the last part is a teaching. Let's look at one more teaching in the Bible. Let's look at one more command from Jesus. What is it? It's called the Great Commission. Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. And surely I will be with you always. So know Christ. A disciple is someone who knows Christ, is growing in Christ, and goes for Christ by making disciples. And what kind of disciples is, is he going to make? He's going to make disciples who know Christ, grow, Christ, grow in Christ, and go for Christ by making disciples. And what kind of disciples are those going to make? They're going to make disciples who know Christ, are growing in Christ, and go for Christ by making... Do you see how it's never-ending? God wants to empower you. He doesn't want to add people to his church. He wants to multiply. He wants to add disciples. It's not how big your church is. It's about the disciples that are inside of the church. Are we as a church helping and equipping you to go? In the future... What we have is a poster out there, and you can't miss it. It's a new poster, and we want to help equip you as a church. We, we want to help you as a church to go make disciples. We want to equip you because there's no other greater purpose than to go for Christ. There's no other greater purpose to worship Him and be so changed by worshiping Him, be so loved by worshiping Him that you cannot help but worship Him by loving others as well, by telling them where the light is so that they can no longer be in the darkness. And it's through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So we want to help you with that. And look out in the future. There's small groups in the future that are going to help us with that as well. So be looking for that. Go, we, I encourage you to go look at the poster over there. Go, go look go, and, and see and, and, and study it. There's verses on there. Study those verses. Connect with the Lord. And we're going to help equip you as a church. There are sign-up classes for those. We have next for those that want to know Christ more. That's ongoing. We have grow for those who want to grow in Christ more. That starts April 23rd. And we have go for those who want to learn how to go make disciples for Christ because he has all authority and power in heaven and earth. And that starts April 23rd as well. Go and look and sign up. We have some descriptions there for you. We have some things there for you. And church, if you are hungry, if you want Jesus, if you're tired, if you want purpose, turn to him. Turn to Jesus. Acknowledge that you failed. Acknowledge that you can't do it and fall at his feet and he will help you. Dig into the Lord, our Savior, our sanctifier, our healer, and our coming king. Dig into him and his love. Seek him desperately. Desperately seek him in his love. For you will be filled. Does he not give good things for those that love him? You have not received because you have not asked. 
Let us pray. Dear Lord, we are a desperate people. We want your love. We need your love, Lord. Let those that are feeling darkness in their life, no matter where they are, encourage them to come to you, Lord. Encourage them to seek you and to find you. Encourage them to know that you are waiting for them. That you want to give them rest for their souls. That you are there waiting for them. Convict their hearts, Lord, that they need you. And let them come, Lord. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.